0: We've, we've solved so many people puzzles. It's yeah. it, it, it To run a growing business, you just have to do it. But I would say one of our craziest stories is I believe that our job as is, is leaders, so I've got this personal mission that, that small businesses can change the world in a better place because we can help people to break through these false glass ceilings that we all have. You start with honor first. So we all have people problems. It is a part of the, the growing any kind of a business. But if we always start from a plan.
1: becoming a master is not about doing 4,000 things. It's about doing 12 things 4,000 times.
2: The ultimate sales machine presents the CEO mastery show for entrepreneurs looking to grow faster, better, smarter.
1: Would you like to double the size of your company in the next 12 months flat? Take 30 seconds to answer our quiz on the ultimate sales machine and what's holding you back from growth. The reason is, is because 95% of businesses will never make it to a million in annual sales. Of that, 0.08% of those will reach 5 million. Of that, 1.5% will ever reach 10 million and 0.004% will ever reach 100 million and beyond. See, in most cases, it's not about your product or service. It is the skills it takes to grow your business. Based on the ultimate sales machine written by my father, Chet Holmes, voted in the top 10 most recommended marketing and sales books of all time. We can help you get there. All it takes is focusing on one skill area that can double your sales if you have the pig-headed discipline and determination to do so. So be pig-headed. Go ahead and answer those five questions on our survey to understand how you can create your ultimate sales machine.
2: Answer these five questions at howtodoublesales.com.
1: Hello, Amanda Holmes here, CEO of Homes International, and I am so excited to have with me Tom Douglas, who is the CEO of JMark. I've been on their board for the last two years, and I just love everything they do. They are one of the top of managed IT services companies in the US and top 100 in the world. And he really knows what he's talking about, obviously. They have 21.4 million different batches that you do.
0: Strips that we run against the environments to make sure that they're healthy. Yeah, it's just nonstop. You, You can't rely On technology to run on its own anymore it Uh, it just doesn't work so you have to bring automation to the table and make it make it work right make it sing
1: and and then yes yes make it sing and then yesterday you just won one of the best workplaces in Missouri which I love which speaks to your people first technology second your tagline people first technology second right so there's automation but then there's also understanding your people can you share with everybody about the people puzzles?
0: Yes, it's one of my favorite things. Um, I believe that our job as is, is leaders, so I've got this personal mission that, that small businesses can change the world in a better place because we can help people to break through these false glass ceilings that we all have. You've been through it. You, 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 you were put under a glass ceiling at one point and you had yes. to shatter it to, to be the CEO and to do all the great things that you've done. Everybody has those, whether they're self-imposed or because of our family or whatever it is. And so I think small businesses are the place that we can break through these glass ceilings and help people to evolve. But in the midst of it, we also have to recognize that different people have different talents. It's a little bit like playing Tetris. And just because you hire someone in to do one thing in the organization, that doesn't mean that's always where they go. And so having their courageous conversations, working through those challenges, which I call people puzzles, uh, are, are helping us as business leaders and them as part of the team to to work through and navigate and become the best version of themselves. And when you get someone in that seat that they love and they're passionate about, and you believe in them that they can do more, then great things happen because
1: I see it. No yes. wonder you've been voted best places to work, right? Can you share an experience where you've had that problem of a people puzzle and how you were able to
0: solve it? Mm. Oh, we've we solved so many people puzzles. It's, yeah. it, it it to run a growing business, you just have to do it. But I would say one of our craziest stories is one of our managers. We're not perfect. One of our managers made a mistake. He fired somebody. Um, he he had had enough. They had. They thought that they had notified him, had uh, made him aware of the challenges and the gaps that he needed to, to step into in order to solve the problems. He had gone through the traditional HR protocols and documented it, and all those things let him go. Well, the individual was somebody that had worked for the company for some time, reached out to me and said, Tom, I don't understand. Like, I, I, this isn't clear. Well, come to find out, we hadn't done everything right we documented, but we didn't have the right kind of courageous conversation for that individual to understand. Well, what the the reality was is he as an individual had kind of a sign on his chest that's like, I'm hard to do business with internally. Like he was grumpy, he was frustrated, like he got mad when people ask a lot of questions. It was like, no, 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 no. Our, Our culture is you have to have a sign that says, I'm open for business. I'm here to help. I'm I'm here to serve. And when you have that mentality, then you can do it. So when we got through all of that and we had that kind of tough moment, I stood in front of our company and said, look, we made a mistake. He's joining the company, staying in the company, fell on a sword. He stood in front of the company and said, I'm here to serve. I'm open for business and I'm happy to be a part of the company. We came together and he's a rock star part of our team today.
1: Wow. There was another thing that I loved that when you shared this before, you had said that you come to each person with honor.
0: You start with honor first. So we all have people problems. It is a part of the, the growing any kind of a business. But if we always start from a place of honor, serving them first, helping them to be the best version of themselves, which may, which may mean they need to leave the organization and that's okay too. But so if we start from a place of honor, how are we serving them? How are we making their life better than starting from that place rather than from a place of criticality helps everybody to be in a better place and a better mentality to solve the problem together rather than the animosity sometimes that happens between boss and subordinate
1: and i was really impressed with what you did during the pandemic as well i mean the way that you handled your people and took care of them and you've made sure that you didn't give any layoffs, right? right. Nope. You just resituated, and it was hard and it was difficult, but you found a place for everyone.
0: Yeah, 100%, yeah, we did. We had to shift. So well, a big part of our organization supports hospitality, which was obviously devastated during right. the the downturn. And so we took the that, that part of the team and, and we had some growth in some other areas of the business. And so we were able to shift them. But one of the first things that we did that I think all business leaders have to do is communicate like, look, the company is safe. We're going to make it. We're not letting anybody go. We're just going to shift. Wow. And and so it was a really strong part of our strategy to make sure that people could breathe because, you know, people care about their families and, and they get nervous and that that turns into all, all kinds of things. So we wanted to take that off the table from the very beginning. And I, I think it made a big difference for mm. folks.
1: And there's one more tactical thing. I love your Friday rallies. Can you share with everybody? Because I think they're still having a hard time with getting people involved and getting people excited. Yes. So. What do you do with that?
0: So we we try to do it every Friday. It doesn't always come together, but every Friday around 3 o'clock, we try to get the company together uh, and just celebrate the wins for the week, communicate as an organization about what's going on. There's so much negative noise in the world today uh, that I think it's really important for our team to recognize that we have a bunch of rock stars in our organization, and let's celebrate them. Let's talk about the great things. And hey, if we've got challenges, let's talk about those too, and let's get it on the table and work together as a company to solve them as an organization instead of like push them off in the broom closet and hope that nobody sees them uh, we want to call it out and, and put it front and center uh, but most importantly is to celebrate people it's it's the great work that people do it's calling people out and and so we, we it's kind of an open mic session where one part of the team can call out somebody else on the team and just celebrate them and give them a, a virtual high five and because we've got people all over the country we just do it over zoom and some of us are in the office and some aren't and that's okay too we can celebrate together and we, we'll have a, a cold beer and celebrate what everybody's <laughs> Personal choice of a drink is, and we, you know, it's it's, uh, it's a cheers to them, and we celebrate them.
1: And what's your celebration? What do you do? To to clap, boom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, so I am not I I'm not the owner of that. We we stole it. I'm always really transparent about that. But okay. it's uh but we um we celebrate it all together. And I say two claps, and then okay. the whole company does two claps, and then boom.
1: Yeah. So- <laughs> and when everyone does it, Everybody, it's so much fun. <laughs> so much we love it.
2: I yeah. love it. If you would like to have a profound breakthrough in your business, talk to our team live by visiting chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough. Good advice is contextual. Get your answers at chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough.
1: I, I wanted to bring Tom in because um, the the need for business owners to know about cybersecurity today. Why has that become such a big, important thing for business owners to know?
0: It's crazy. The number of attacks that are going on every single day, the, the number spikes to 3.9 billion attacks that are going on on, on an annual basis. It tripled in, in the last year. Uh, and, and the reason is because it's very profitable. The bad guys, the hackers that are going after the United States primarily, are go, it, it's, it's a money machine. And so a lot of people don't know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. The bad guys are making more money in that industry than the GDP of most nations. It, it is unbelievable how much money transacts on a daily basis just around cybersecurity. So when they get information, they steal data, they're trading it online, they're obviously ransomware is the biggest threat this year. and and. What what most small businesses, most medium-sized and large businesses don't even know is that the bad guys, the hackers, they sit overseas, they have well-run companies, they're recruited, the, the the hackers are actually paid a commission, they have HR departments, they sit in a cubicle every single day, it's a business. And it's a very profitable business and the more money that goes into it, the more they reinvest, the more hackers they hire, they're developers and coders and they recruit just like we do for the best talent in the world.
1: And what does it do for a business if they were hacked or if they have these kinds of
0: problems with cybersecurity? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. We've been pulled into horrible situations. The average recovery time for a company that doesn't have a cybersecurity strategy is about 40 days. So the first week or so is almost 100% of all their expenses have to continue to be paid and almost no revenue is brought in. Oh and so, so you're burning both ends of the candle. You're spending all of your money and you're, you're not producing new revenue as an organization for the first seven days. And then after that, you start to see it come back together, but it's almost 40 days worth of, of impact to the organization. And that's if you just have a backup. One of the challenging things is, the bad guys oftentimes are getting in now and they're deleting all your backups before they, dele- before they deploy the ransom. And so sometimes you're starting from scratch. Think about how your business would be if you lost your entire database
1: so they're stealing the database and then they're selling that data that's that's why they're doing it
0: well and they're holding you ransom so they encrypt all the data and they say okay amanda i've got your data encrypted and i have a copy of it and I'm not going to give it back unless you give me a million dollars, and you've got 48 hours, or I'm deleting it all.
1: And do you negotiate with
0: them? We do not, but there are companies in the world that specialize in that negotiation. Really? Yes. You have to have a you have to have a nailed-up cybersecurity uh, insurance policy. You have to have a cybersecurity strategy and a good insurance company will bring in the experts to to help with remediation, negotiation. There are lawyers involved. It's very, very expensive. The average breach costs somewhere around $4 million for a medium-sized business.
1: $4 million. Mm -hmm. And that's loss of productivity with their staff, paying their staff even though they can't work.
0: Loss of revenue, the recovery time that it takes to get it done. Oftentimes you have to bring in specialists to recover the environment. In a small business, you know, 100 employees or less, the average cost of, of legal bills is somewhere between 50000 and $100,000. The ransom could be a million dollars, and then you have to reinstall almost every computer, almost every server in the environment, You know, big costs associated with that, and, you're, and it doesn't stop at 40 days. It's not like you're 100%. Your database is damaged, your brand is damaged, your reputation is damaged. I mean, it goes on and on because you have to notify anybody whose information was stolen that that information is out and available on the dark web. So it just never stops.
1: So you had shared with me that there are three main reasons why companies
0: get breached. Can you
1: share with me what they are?
0: Yeah, for sure. One is the head in the sand syndrome. They just, they like, they're not after me, I'm a small business, I'm a medium business, or I'm too big and they're not gonna be able to get through, you know, our environment. So it's that head in the sand, they just don't wanna deal with it, they're kind of ignoring it. Okay. Uh, and so that's, that's number one. Uh, number two is they trust the wrong person or the wrong company. And a lot of organizations, they have, a guy an it guy we lovingly describe the it guy as johnny ponytail um and in that environment they, they they've known him he's probably a very good person uh, you know in, in one form or another he or she and but they're they're trusting that individual or even a small team of people to take care of all of their it resources and they just don't have the horsepower to get it done it's so complicated you have to have subject matter experts in every area of the business for you to be able to, to protect it properly and to run it properly. And the last is money. It's expensive. The cost of IT is going up. I I, I hate it. I, I, I tell our clients that I don't want them to have to spend more money on cybersecurity. I don't want that. I would rather them invest in marketing and sales and, and to grow their business. But. The reality of it is we have to it, the threat is real and ignoring it or avoiding it from a budget perspective is just going to make it worse it's going to cost a lot more down the road uh, i, I kind of describe it like when airbags got in cars when it became a requirement the cost of the car went up and we all adjusted but it was a good thing because it was safer mm. same is true with cybersecurity. it's it's safer when we put these tools and technologies in place and it's protecting us more but it costs more
1: can you share a little bit about what people should look for then or what's an actionable item that they can do to protect themselves against those
0: trust but verify so you can have the best team we we encourage our clients anybody get a third-party assessment done Uh, more brains in that environment the better so once a year once every other year at a minimum but but ideally once a year you're bringing in you're doing an assessment of your environment just to make sure i mean we we run really nailed up companies we can always get better every it environment can get better so get that third party validation in addition to that i i would say look for sloppy it that's that's a telltale sign i it's one of my pet peeves but if you walk into a server room and it looks like a spaghetti mess Chances are they're not, they don't have time to pay attention to the details. Mm -hmm. What else are they not paying attention to in your environment that could leave you exposed? So those are two simple things that that you can do. And even though bringing in a third party isn't cheap, it's not horribly expensive either. And it's definitely worth the investment.
1: Right, you want somebody that's an expert. I've definitely, I'm a great case study of you of all the things that can go wrong if you have the wrong IT, it's, it's very painful. Yeah,
0: very expensive. But
1: then also, and I love how you talk on this, the efficiency and effectiveness, the velocity of having more, just technology amidst your staff, right? Yes. To make them more productive. How, can you share an example
0: of that? Well, you know, a lot of businesses take a lot of time uh, to put the right software in place, they invest, they, they do the research, and they deploy the software and they stop. Uh-huh. That, that's just the beginning. Training needs to go on, iterations, improvements, constant evaluation of what's going on. So just like you have to adapt in marketing to all the new tactics, yes. you're constantly adapting in IT and the way that you use your systems to run your business more efficient, efficiently. And so identifying a subject matter expert inside your organization who's gonna own the systems and help your whole staff use it the most effectively. Wow. And then having a partner that can run the IT infrastructure, so the, the hard, hardware, the software, the infrastructure underneath, because we wanna make sure that it's stable. Like when you get up in the morning and you get in the car, you never expect that you're gonna put your key in and push the button and it's just not gonna start. Like you expect it to start every day. Right, of course. Yeah. And that's the way IT should be. It should just run all the time. And that speeds up the business because what we don't want is people frustrated. You know, when you hire good people, the best salespeople in the world, you know how hard it is to to get them hired. It's so tough. And your courses teach people on hiring the best salespeople and you get them in, and then they have really bad technology. And then what? They're gonna leave because they're driven by achievement. And if their technology is holding them back from achievement, then they're gonna move on. And so you have to constantly make those investments, make those improvements, tweak and improve the efficiencies of the environment, and that speeds the whole business up.
1: No wonder 98% of your clientele have voted you five out of
0: five, huh? Well, we take a lot of pride in it. We, We really love what we do.
1: And, and I love how you all consistently put in that loop of getting feedback from your from your clients. I think that that's brilliant. And how much you've automated so much of your business. I have to say, from knowing your business, you operate more efficiently than majority of Fortune 500 clients. I have. I look at them and go, man, if only they could learn from <laughs> J <Jay> Mark, <laughs> well, please.
0: You. We appreciate. It. We're fortunate. We've got a, a wonderful team in, that, that does that, and we have to automate. I mean, the cost of IT, the cost of management is getting more expensive. So we have to rely on technology to solve problems.
1: Well, I, I also want to acknowledge and thank you so much for being such a wonderful component of Ultimate Sales Machine. Oh, and yes. uh, can you share a little bit about where that's been beneficial for you and your company?
0: Well, I think there's a couple of different areas. Um, first, uh, well, no, oh, there's so many.
1: I know, uh, I'm sorry, I've tripped you up. <laughs> yeah, I gotta,
0: gotta think through. But uh, the core story I love, I love the, the, the piece behind that, I love the ability or the focus on giving and educating is yes. so important, but I think the Dream One Hundred uh, for us. So we we have wanted to implement the Dream One Hundred and and struggled with it and had challenges. We know that our target client or prospect is is a, is is very unique, and so it's really hard for us to figure out who that is and how we needed to navigate it to narrow it down uh, and not kind of um, go through the marketing spray and pray uh, method and get rid of that and and dive into this. And so your course that you put together has really helped us to make a a big difference. And so we we, we're very grateful for that.
1: That's wonderful. And I think you would also just having the the outline of each step of that process That's right exactly. that just helped is, you must, out
0: it's just yeah, it's hard i mean i mean the idea of it it sounds simple uh yes. simple but not easy right yeah. uh, and so how do you how do you start and then how do you get all the way through it and you take a database of hundreds thousands millions of people in some circumstances and narrow it down to a very strategic focus and that was yeah. that was daunting and overwhelming and so, so the the course who that is yes yeah. g- getting really focused on it and the examples and and how personal that it needs to be in uh, developing that strategy is, is helping us to do that and so we're launching that right around the corner we're Super excited about it
1: awesome well thank you so much this has been so informative i'm sure everybody that's listened knows a little bit more about it learned a little bit about how to have that people first mentality and how to solve those people puzzles i think even the name piece people puzzle makes it feel like it's a fun game as opposed to a like a dread
0: yes right the daunting challenge that we sometimes feel it is. And oftentimes it's not as bad when we just get together and we Start with honor.
1: And how do people find your organization?
0: Uh, The the easiest way is online, jmark.com, j-m-a-r-k.com.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Tom. Hey,
0: thanks for letting me be a part of it. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm.
2: Claim your free chapter four of the Ultimate Sales Machine. This chapter helps you get nine times more impact from every move you make. Visit ultimatesalesmachine.com. This has been the CEO Mastery Podcast brought to you by the ultimate sales machine.